you, you get all kind of stuff. But when I look on there and I see all this stuff, I said, that's not what we believe. They're negative about us. Said, we, don't, we don't believe that, but we're accused of believing. You know, we deny the Father, and it just goes on and on, and the tongues of the devil, and, you know, just a bunch of wild people. We, we agree with that part. Amen. But, but if you want to know what we believe and what we teach, or if you're interested in being part of a church that follows the leading of the Spirit, amen, and gives you liberty to worship and praise, it's not required, amen. Some people are very reserved. That's okay, all right? Uh, but if you want to learn, we got 10 lists. Let me just show you this. It, it, we've, we've gotten to a day where everything is optional and the human nature really, really loves that. I'm the one that's going to pick and choose. I'm going to decide, you know, but, but you know, in the Bible, there's some things that are not optional. We, we want the very first lesson. We're going to teach the essentials. Like that's the, again, that's another human nature. What do I just have to do. I, I'm not necessarily, I don't think that's a good thing. I'm, I'm, he gave me an opportunity to, to do it, to be a part of it. So, but that is, a, that is a lesson. Lesson two is the authority of the word of God. Again, in our society, even among church people, we pick and choose what we want to believe and then we just, we don't, we don't care if it is written. We, don't, we, just choose, we just decide not to believe it. Let me ask you a question. Does that make it go away and not be? Does that diminish anything out of the word just because we don't believe it? I don't think so. Because the Bible said his word is forever settled in heaven. So we're going to talk about the authority of the word. Lesson three is understanding and explaining the Godhead. Do you know in Romans, the first chapter, you know the, you know the, the people who invented it, who it's the, 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 you know, the church, the universal church, and then handed it down to the Baptist, Methodist, Catholic. And I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm just telling you the truth here. All right? You know, they tell you you can't explain the Godhead. But Paul said in Romans that it's without excuse. You can understand that. And I choose, instead of believing, you know, some high up doctor, so-and-so with more degrees in the thermometer, amen, I'd rather believe the Bible. You can understand the God. No, you can't understand it like they teach it. That's for sure. But you can understand it like the Bible teaches it. Can we get that part? Amen. Hallelujah. And then we talk about repentance. Baptism in Jesus' name, by the way, is not optional. And so you don't want to miss those classes. They start at 9.30. We're having them in place of adult Sunday school, all right? For 10 weeks, we're going to be teaching our new life class. Listen, I said this before. I'm going to say it again. If we don't know the word of God, you're a toy in the hands of Satan. You're a plaything in Satan's hands. And tradition will get you every time. I'm a Baptist. That's what I'm, I'm a, well, so what? You need to be baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy, you can be a Baptist if you want. This thing's not about religion. Listen, this goes deeper than religion. This, we need an experience and a relationship with God. Religion is man-made. You can be Baptist, Catholic, Methodist, Pentecostal, you can be whatever you want. You just need to obey the scripture. All right, that's what we're about, amen. Matthew 16 and 26, we didn't know this. I, Chad didn't know it last night and I told him my scripture I'm gonna read. Everybody still okay? Y'all okay? It's still not 12, I got 15 or 20 minutes here just, just, and I'm still right on time, okay? If I just squeeze some word, y'all okay? Y'all want a little word today, all right? Don't wanna, wait, we don't have to come back tonight. Amen. Somebody said I gotta, I'm gonna do some, some mechanic work on my recliner when I get home. It needs a rear end put in it. 
That's all you got to do this evening. Most of you, some of you might have something else to do. I'm sorry, y'all. That seems off color to y'all. Hallelujah. So, so if we go a little over today, you'll forgive me for that. You guys all right on the front row up here? Man, y'all look great up here. I'm, I'm glad you're here, man. All of y'all, all you guys, all you guys. I want to help you out. want to be a blessing. Man, I'll take you home with me if you raise money like that. Amen. Got them ties, got them shirts. Don't talk in church. Okay. <laughs> He's my grandson. I can do that if I want. Make him behave. Hallelujah. Got to teach him right. Hallelujah. Amen. Y'all ready? Matthew 16 and 26. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Oh, hallelujah. My goodness, I am, I'm just gonna tell you right now, I am not going to do this scripture justice. I'm trusting that I will, I will hit a trigger in your spirit and in your mind and in your soul and your spirit will begin to preach and use more eloquent words than I know. Amen. It'll preach a sermon to you. Amen. That's what I'm trusting right now. I felt it. Amen. You know, I've read it to you now and I believe that God's gonna take this. Amen. And put it in your spirit and in your mind and your little man in there called conscience is gonna say some things to you and I hope you listen. Amen. Let's clap our hands one more time right now. Amen. And I'm gonna let you be seated. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated in Jesus' name. I'm preaching to you the value of a soul. And I'm doing that with a question mark. I'm kind of leaving that up to you. This is a question that every living soul in this world should be asking. What's my soul worth? Is it something that I just toy around with? Is it something I just put on the back burner? It's something I just think about maybe on Sunday when the preacher brings it up. Amen. Is it worth more than that? Amen. What is the worth of a soul? The real worth, the true worth. I just show up once in a while and I can just listen to people, amen, tell me what doesn't matter. I wish I remembered that quote that my wife uh, just gave me from somebody. I forget what it was. Amen. Listen, listen, we don't, you don't adjust downward. You just flow downward or drift. You always adjust upward. And that's what church is about. Anybody can drift. Anybody can just kind of go along. Listen, but when you take a stand and you say, you know what? I believe what the word of the Lord said. Amen. Amen. How, how much does a soul cost? Hallelujah. How, how much do I have to do to save a soul? Mine, namely. Hallelujah. It's obvious that the early church had a revelation. Amen. Of what a soul is worth. You know, I talk about it here often. Listen, I don't want to listen to a man, amen, preach to me to tell me what I don't have to do. You know who does that for me? My human nature and my, my unbaptized Holy Ghost with Holy Ghost mind when I hadn't prayed right and I'm seeking. Listen, that's what our nature does. That's what Paul meant when he said there's a war going on in my members. When I would do good, evil's always there present with me. That's what he's talking about. And my, so my, if, if I don't pray and let my spiritual man begin to answer those questions, then, then my human nature 
kicks in. Let me tell you something. There is a spirit of self-justification is what I call it. And you can justify yourself for doing anything you want to do. But when you get in the presence of the almighty God, amen, and that's where folks are praying, amen, folks who have a relationship with God, folks who have convictions that comes through getting close to the Holy Ghost, amen, then you have to think about it a different way. Oh, I gotta, I gotta adjust a little bit here. I am drifting and no, it's not all right. Listen, we're the first ones to tell you that we're not perfect. We're, we're the first ones to tell you that we are human. But just because we are, you just give in to that? No, you get close to God. Hallelujah, amen. But listen, the early church got it. They received uh, uh, knowledge or revelation or understanding, amen, about a, the worth of a soul. Listen, they did not have computers. They didn't have iPads. They didn't have smartphones. They didn't have printing presses. Yet the Bible said all Asia, all of Asia heard the word in just two short years. Acts 19 and 10, all they which dwell in Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. The word got out. You know why? Because everywhere they went, they preached Jesus. Hallelujah. It wasn't that they had, you know, smooth sailing. Listen, they were persecuted. They were crucified. Paul himself was beaten with stripes numerous times, stoned, left. What are you going to do with the guy that you beat? Amen. Till he's a bloody pulp and he gets up. Amen. And says, praise the Lord. Amen. And just keeps on preaching. What are you going to do with the guy that they stoned? and left him for dead. He just crawled out from under those. Listen, you ever see a stoning? I, I, I confess to you, I shouldn't have done it, but I went online and I, you know, some of that Middle East, that, that far East, Middle East over there, they still doing that. The homosexuals and the women who maybe, you know, just make one little move out of the, you, you talk about, you know what, I, we probably sent all our women's rights people over there just for a little while. They think they got it made. Listen, women's got it made here. But people get stoned to death. Sometimes they bury them up to their waist. They put them in a hole and then cover them up. And sometimes even higher. And then people get around with big religious people. Because they sinned and messed up. But Paul was stoned and he crawled somehow out from under that pile of stones and made his way on down the road. It didn't change one thing. He had his mind made up. I'm gonna serve Jesus. I'm gonna preach his gospel. I'm gonna see souls saved. That's why all of the known world in that day heard the word. They heard the gospel message. I wonder what would happen if it got a hold of us. Hallelujah. Listen, churches now, they build new buildings. They have Starbucks in the foyer. I'm not preaching against them. Just, they do whatever they have to do. You know, the user-friendly thing here, the whole deal. Now the preachers come out on the platform with a, with a shirt tail hanging out. I'm not against that. Guys, if y'all want your shirt tail hanging out, it's okay, you know. And, and, and they got their mug of coffee and they're waving. They're like they're on the prize is right or something. It's like some big show. It's entertainment. And, you know, and that's okay if they want to do that. They've done away with pulpits and they get a chair now. And they said that whatever it takes, amen, to make everybody feel good and I'm just like you. 
But let me tell you something. I'm gonna tell you what stirred me up. A preacher preaching the word of the Lord, telling me about an experience that was available for whosoever will. And I, I'm a whosoever, hallelujah. You can have, oh, amen, my family. My family's so messed up. My grandfathers are alcoholics. Amen, my mom and dad are backsliding. I didn't know what that was, but my dad used to preach many years. Amen, about the time I was born, he backslid. Amen, so my family was, it's nothing worse than a backslider home. You got sinners, and then you got backsliders. It's even worse. Amen, I got scripture for that by the way, but that's what I came from, and so something got a hold of me. I can't wash it off. I can't shake it. I can't get rid of it. Amen. Listen, that's really what this world is in search of. That's really what they're looking for. Now, the human nature fights against it. The human nature, oh, nothing to do. Let me, let me just throw something in while I'm at it. It's not in my notes. Listen, we talked about it here before. You know, my whole family were drinkers, cussers, smokers, liars, thieves. I'm 66 years old. I don't have, I don't have to worry about covering for all that now. Y'all have had me this long, so I guess you're not going to try to fire me after this. <laughs> Outlaws. Got to be careful about some of my family members. But you know what? We got AA, we got NA, we got program. Thank God for all those programs. And if you're a part of them, I'm certainly not knocking at it. Whatever help you can get. Because if you drink and all of that, guess what? You don't have to go to a preacher to find out how horrible it is. Our government will tell you how bad it is. They help create and finance all kinds of programs to get people to behave themselves. Because everything connected with alcohol, everything from wife abuse, child molestation, you name it, there's a list of stuff that men would never do until they get about half looped or drunk. So it's no needing me here, you know, banging on the pulpit saying, you know, you're going to hit. No, no, but, but everybody with a half a brain knows that you need to have victory over some things. You know what we can, I don't know if this is right or wrong, elders. Uh, I, I'm not sure if I believe it or on that, and I'm not as heavy-handed on that. I'm going to help everybody. If you cuss, I'm still going to hug you and love you. And if you drink, I'm still going to love you. And I'm going to preach to you and try to be nice to you and persuade you. If you tell lies, I'm going to quote a scripture once in a while, like all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire. But I'm going to leave you alone. That's my job to do this. But let me tell you how I got, and, and many members of my family quit drinking. Now, I don't know if they intended to tell us this or not. I don't know if this is exactly what they meant, but they strongly, they may have, they strongly insinuated you're going to hell if you don't quit that. Hey, Brother Ruck, we quit the first day. Didn't need 12 steps. One day, one day. I was smoking one day, 12 years old, and they said, you can't do that and be saved. I said, okay. So I quit. I'd take a drink with you. My papa used to open a bottle of whiskey when I was like a little fella. He used to, he smoked Prince Albert and he would roll them cigarettes and I'd say, Papa, can I have one of those? He'd say, well, you can't, don't tell your mama. <laughs> My mama would have had a spell. Amen, he'd roll it for us, put it down and light it for us. I've been dizzy a many a day with a Prince Albert cigarette. 
and then picked on up and started smoking what they used to call the ready rolls. <laughs> Y'all don't even remember that. He got some ready rolls. <laughs> and they said, you can't do that and be saved. Now again, I'm qualified. I don't know if, they, if you do, I'm not saying you're gonna be lost, but I say you won't have a good witness because there's a lot of good folks out in the world and God did call you to do that. Amen, they're gonna look at you. I thought he had the Holy Ghost. I thought he was a church member. So you got to, all of that stuff is what you gotta take into consideration. But, but I didn't need 12 steps, and you don't either. If God will do it for me, he'll do it for you. I got a brother that's been a backslider for years. Thank God he's back in the church, Brother Howington's church, but, but he was just weeping. He was a, he's an alcoholic, and I don't know what other kind of, you know, just automatic for a drug addict to tell you they don't. You do drugs? Oh, no, no, that's automatic. Oh, I used to, but no, I don't do that. <laughs> really? <laughs> He's, he's high then, right then. But he said, why, why? He said, I'm bound. I, I can't get free from this stuff. And I never will forget. I said, Jerry, all I can tell you is this. I know people who were just like you and God did deliver. That's all I can tell you. So you, if you wanna hang on to whatever the world does and whatever the world's, t- listen, you'll, you'll hang on a string and you'll be there for weeks and months and years and you'll still be a drug addict and you'll still be an alcoholic, amen. You could come to an altar, amen, and say, God, I don't wanna be lost. Now, this is one of the problems because everybody's saved nowadays. And we're gonna talk about some of this in these classes and I'm not trying to be heavy. I'm just trying to be truthful, folks. This is what the Bible teaches us. And these, this early book of Acts church, that's the history of the church, they understood that. And they passed that on to say, oh, I got plenty of time, I can keep cussing, I can lie a little bit still, I can get drunk a little, I can do it. You know, no, 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 that does matter. It says, be not drunk with wine, but be ye filled with the Holy Ghost. Pretty clear right there, isn't it? Stop getting drunk and get filled with the Spirit. Amen. Let me, let me, I, 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 Chad, I went off track on that, but it's okay, all right. <laughs> I think I was on track. These early, if we talk about cost here, these early Christians were determined that whatever it cost them, whatever it cost them, they would see their world one to Jesus. The word came from one city. They said those people who turned the world upside down, they've come here now. We've been hearing about them and they've come hither also. Hallelujah. Listen, I'm afraid that we're guilty of majoring on minors. I'm just preaching to us, okay? I'm, I'm lumping myself right in here. We spend too much time. We spend too much effort and energy on things that are of no eternal value. I said no eternal value. While the real purpose of the church is often overlooked, as we follow the early ministry of Jesus, we find that he places the value of one soul above everything else in the world. That's a great example to follow. For what is man, amen, profited if he shall gain the whole world? That's how he put it. And lose his soul. That soul is worth more than the world. He is telling us plainly that nothing is more precious than one soul. If we looked at our neighbor I'm, I'm, I'm on our street right now. If we looked our, at our neighbor through these kind of glasses and we said, you know what? They lost. 
But see, we, the world's spirit done got a hold of us too. We may shout a little bit. We may talk in tongues and, and, and brag about our liberty here and all that. But, but, but you know that world, the power of the world is very heavy and very strong in us. In us. We don't even know that. It dictates what we think. We think we thought of it. No, no, no. That came right out of the world. It didn't come from God. It wasn't his spirit. And we look at them like, oh, you know, they're pretty. But if you know that person is going to hell unless they are it's strong. I understand that. I'm intending for it to be strong. Amen. Unless they are born again of the water and of the spirit. That's what Jesus said. Jesus was asked a direct question. Nicodemus was, was curious. He was wondering and he asked Jesus. Amen. And Jesus said, you can't even see the kingdom of God unless you're born of what? Now, see, that's, again, and we're gonna teach about it a little more, but that's all optional nowadays. No, no, no. I don't find that a, Jesus didn't say, oh, it'd be nice if you got baptized, but you really don't have to do that. That is actually being, my flesh tells me that stuff, but I need an anointed preacher to point out some things in the word of the Lord. Amen. Listen, this has no expiration date on it. It didn't just run out. It didn't change anything. I hope I stir somebody up. I hope I make somebody kind of uneasy. I still love you. I'm not out to you know, embarrass anybody. Amen. Listen, John 4, at the well outside the city, Jesus met a woman who had been married five times. Five times. The scripture brought that out because that's a reason for that. But she was living with a man who was not her husband. Let me tell you what that's called. That's called adultery. And the Bible's very clear. All adulterers, fornicators, effeminate. Somebody said, you're picking on the homosexuals. No, let me tell you something. This all in the line with the drunkards and all the rest of them. I don't see no drunkards out marching, protesting church because people preach against alcohol. They just a drunk, and that's what they are. Homosexuals got a different kind of a spirit. And you just name truth, and they're the ones that are going to stand, hey, they're mistreating us, and they're preaching a hate man. We're just telling the truth right along with every other thing that's in there. All right? Hallelujah. But Jesus met that woman who'd been married five times, living in adultery. Committing adultery. That's where people, are, again, you can't be saved committing adultery. Can't do that. All right? I'm sorry. By going out of his way, to affect the life of this nameless, hurting, sin-filled woman. He showed his disciples the worth of one soul. Oh no, we're gonna look for somebody that's got it all together and nice and they got a nice car and they got a, no, 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 no. That's not what Jesus did. He went to the worst sinner he could find. They brought the woman that was caught in the very act of adultery. Bunch of hypocrites, they said the law said to stone her to death. It did, amen. But Jesus turned that right around. Let him that's without sin cast the first stone. We're, 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 not, you know, we're not out to just condemn folks. We're out to just tell people where they're going wrong. But God, amen, shed his blood, amen, for whosoever will. So it don't matter what's got a hold of you, what you can't shake and get free from, amen, amen. God wants to deliver you and set you free. Now, he didn't just leave it there with the woman and say, well, you're doing, he didn't ever, never said that. He said, you go and sin no more. Change your lifestyle. I just saved your life. That's what God's about. 
Hallelujah. When Jesus went to the house of Zacchaeus, remember the little short guy? Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus. He was a crook. Amen. Amen. He was, he was a sinner. You didn't go to the house of sinners. The Pharisees, the religious people, they condemned him for that. He again illustrated to his followers how much one sinner man meant to him. The message came through loud and clear when he stopped by the table, amen, of Matthew, the tax collector. Nobody liked tax collectors back then, nor do they like them now. <laughs> but he said, come follow me, Matthew. Listen, I don't care who you are, what you're entangled with, how deep in sin you are, the call of God will go out for you too, amen. But you don't need to keep doing the thing, being a servant to the things of this world, amen. God will be your brand new master, hallelujah. He will lead and guide you into all truth and your life will be different and it will be better and you can be saved in the end. The question is, will the church accept the challenge to evangelize our world? Just like the early church and like Jesus did. Amen, let me point out how the enemy has caused us to relax our outreach. I've touched on it a couple times. Our outreach efforts are just kind of nice if we want to do it, amen. The number one reason, if we do not passionately believe the message, if it's kind of vague to us, it was like, oh, he's a good, he was a good guy and he's in a better place now. Really? I've said this before. <laughs> Brother Ruck, it's dangerous. Got to be real careful. Somebody, you know, somebody will shoot you, you know, or beat you up. You can't, I, I'm, I'm talking about using wisdom here. But just to flow into that, like, oh, he was a, he was a, she was a good person and did she ever well now? See, my grandmother was a member of the Baptist church in Harrisonburg, Louisiana. I think she walked the aisle. That's how that she walked the aisle when she was 13, 12 or 13 years old. And to my knowledge, she never went back to church in all her life. She might have for a funeral or some space. I don't know. I, I, you know, my years before she passed as a kid, I was coming up. I never knew of her going to church. But, but I did go to her funeral, and they just preached a lovely, flowery, you know, everything wonderful, and she accepted Christ. And, after, you know, and you, now the eternal security, you can't ever be lost again after that. You can accept Christ and very seldom ever think about it again. But when you die, you, you're all right. I'm, I'm like a 12 or 13-year-old, 14-year-old kid, and I'm questioning all of that because I'd already been reading the Bible. I'm not here to judge people. I'm here to get us right with the word of the Lord where the, you know, we won't be influenced by the world and the spirit of the world and the selfishness of the world and just feel like we're all right when we're not all right. I'm not judging. I'm just letting the, the word do the judging, all right? I, it's my job to quote this and to read this and try to tell you this and warn you about this. There is a place called hell. Amen. That's the, that's the, that's a, the second. Number one reason is we don't believe the message. The message of the gospel is our way out of this place. Amen. Oh, by the way, it's the only way out. It's not a half a dozen ways. I know that our Nate, we like variety. You know, when I go into a store, you know, if it's to buy a suit or ties or something, you know, I'm not really sure what I want. People are like, can I help you? I say, you know, you know, when I look at it and see it, then I'll know. But I want a variety. I want like a, I want a, something to choose from. I don't want like three neckties. Well, that's the way we are about everything else. 
We want to like, oh, I just want to make the choice and I want to choose. That's why, that's why that wherever it came from, uh, evangelical movement or something, they just, you know, they couldn't tell you where to go to church. So they'd say, you join the church of your choice. The choice, they said, oh, I can just choose. God doesn't give us that choice in his word. Some people still have that. They can go to a church. It doesn't matter what they preach, what they believe. They don't care what they preach, just so they're nice. Listen, if I want to be treated nice, I'll just go to Walmart. That ought to do. They got a greeter at the door, whole deal. <laughs> That's about how much sense that makes. We better find out what is truth, what is forever settled, what is right, because God said it was right, and then hook on to that plant our feet, build our house on it. And the winds are gonna blow and the storm's gonna come, amen, but it won't matter to us. We still, we got what is truth, amen. John 3, 3, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Our Christian society does not accept this part of God's word. It's not, it's not. They quote it and talk about it all the time. Ephesians 4 and 5, there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Our Christian society doesn't believe that either. They believe there's a half a dozen, maybe a dozen, all kinds of different ways to go. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's good. Hey. Where, where is that in Scripture? I don't mean to be a knothead or a hardhead with this. Uh, we could preach a long time about that. But the number two reason, if we do not believe there is a hell. Now, I've not checked it out, but somebody said Jesus spoke more about hell than he did about heaven. That's another example to pay attention to. Again, to not believe in hell, one has to ignore God's word. Oh, so we can just do that now? You know, in my day, you had people to just squirm and work around. But you know, nowadays, nowadays, just tell you, well, I don't, they just straight out, I don't believe that. That's the word of God. That's what he said. Well, I, I'm not accepting that. The radio talk show host that used to talk about no hell, he, make, he used to make the statement, you know, hey, if, if I wouldn't serve a God that would put people in a place. First off, God doesn't put anybody there. He makes a way of escape. He gives you a route away from that. And it's our choice to go. People put themselves in there, all right? But he's passed now, and I'm just kind of wondering what he thinks now. Look at this. Luke 16, verse 23 through 24, and in hell. He's talking about the rich man and Lazarus' situation here. And in hell, he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and seeing Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom, and cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. Why? For I am tormented in this flame. Now, just like all scripture, and I'm, I'm pretty heavy, I understand. I'm hoping I'm getting your attention right. This is not a shouting message. I understand that, all right? Just like all scripture, God allows us the liberty to believe it or to reject it. I've already said it tonight, but if I choose to reject the scripture and not believe it, does that restrict or diminish or reduce what is written? Think about that a minute. 
When we reject God's word, we are rejecting God because John 1 and 1 said in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. Somebody want close to be closer to God? Get your face in that book and start reading and meditating on the scriptures. We have known people, more. we've known several people over the years that realized, you know, they began to read about people repenting of their sins and being, you know, not asked, oh, by the way, no, 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 being commanded in the scripture, and that's the history of the church, to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, the, the singing group, David and the Giants, back in the 70s and, and 80s, you know, they were all pot smokers and rock and roll singers and, and, and God began to deal with them and they were in Mississippi in that area and then they, you know, they, they searched diligently for people to baptize him in Jesus' name and they couldn't find anybody. Would not. You know, the, because we got to baptize in the titles. That's how you do it. Or you sprinkle. And they said, no, the Bible said, amen. Of course, baptism means to plunge or to bury and to speak the name of Jesus Christ, amen. The only name given unto men whereby we must be saved, amen. And they couldn't find anybody, but I've heard David tell that story, David Huff. It was cold in the wintertime, and it was a little shack and way down in Mississippi somewhere out in the woods like you can find, amen. And it was out there, you know, they, they don't have any mixture. It's just all black or all white. And, and he said he knocked on the door, and he said it was an old black preacher sitting way, way back. There's an old wood stove back there. And he said he looked through the door and said, would you baptize me in Jesus' name? He said, come on in. And the man baptized, and he had the revelation and baptized. These, these men got it. Amen. They didn't have a preacher preaching to them or trying to coerce them. They prayed and read, and it's in there, folks. Over and over and over. That's the only way that I know that sins can be remitted. Hallelujah. Amen. Verse 10 said, he was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. Acts 1 and 8, the very last words that Jesus spoke to his disciples before being taken up, he said, ye shall be witnesses unto me. The Amplified simply says this way, ye shall be my witnesses. In 2 Samuel 8, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this in close. Y'all looking tired already. I'm tired too. My recliner needs <laughs> needs work. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Listen, we got to do this, folks. I can see a river. Listen, you don't need to take a half truth and help anybody. A half truth is an untruth. Go to a court of law and try to be a witness in a court of law. Oh, I got this here. Well, good. Let's get the rest of it. Hallelujah. I want to be a witness. Not only, I want to be a powerful witness. I, I, I want to be one with the right spirit. I want to have a gentle spirit. I, I don't seem like that today. I understand that. Maybe we just need shaking and stirring and moving. I don't feel like drifting. I don't want to let you drift. This thing came as a revelation to me. Paul got it as a revelation. That's why you couldn't stone it out of him. You couldn't beat it out of him. If we just do it because of some slick preacher, then, then somebody can come along and change our mind. But if you get a connection with God, God smote him off his beast. You know the Saul of Tarsus was religious, but yet he was persecuting the early church, throwing him in jail. He held the cloak of those that stoned Stephen to death. He brought that up. Brother John, he couldn't shake that. 
He couldn't, it was, it was in there. I think that was part of the getting him ready to be smitten off his beast. He held the cloak. He consented and they stoned Stephen to death for preaching. Stephen was filled with the Holy Ghost. He was a tongue talker. Stephen was baptized in the name of Jesus because that didn't change. See, that stayed the same until it was changed about 325 AD. All in the name of Jesus. And then we moved over to the titles and then then people think if you don't do it that way, then you're in false doctrine now. You stay in false doctrine so long, then you think everybody else is in false doctrine. That's how that works. Amen. Second Samuel, I couldn't get away from this. In fact, I couldn't remember exactly where it was. I looked it up yesterday and I said, wow, it just, it just popped in my brain. I hadn't thought about it in years. But, but to make a long story short, Israel was divided. David was the king, but Absalom, his son, uh, had convinced much of Israel that David was too old uh, to lead the country, thus a civil war broke out uh, in Israel. In fact, why don't we just, why don't we just go ahead and stand right now? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be closing on this. I, I, I just strongly, strongly feel that somebody's going to grab a hold of this. Say, you know what? If I'm going to be a Christian, I'm going to be a Bible Christian. I'm going like, to be a Christian just like the Bible said. Now, you can do that now. You can do that, but you can't be ugly about it. See, that's it. You know, when you, get, when you get the victory over drugs, alcohol, tobacco, Lying, cussing, whatever, whatever it is. Listen, here's the test for you. When you get to victory, don't you be impatient and judgmental toward other folks who don't have victory yet. See, because when you do, that'll mess it all up. (laughs) We got to preach the truth, but we still have to say, you know what? I'm depending on his grace and his mercy because I'm human and I'm undone without God. Stay humble. Stay grateful and thankful for what you do have from God. And it's only his grace that you do. And his grace will reveal some good things to us today. Amen. So I'm trusting when you do get a revelation of this, you won't be looking down your nose at everybody else and don't think that you're better than everybody else because you're not, all right? So the civil war broke out. Amen. Absalom was, you know, ahead of the the split and David, that was his son and his heart was broken and, the battle was on. Many men were dying. Amen. But in that battle, Absalom was killed. That's when Absalom, he had long hair, remember? I wonder why the Bible keeps bringing that out. They just hair, Absalom had long hair. But he, during the, the, fa- the fight, the battle, his, the mule that he was on rode under a big oak tree with you know, the limbs hanging way down the branches. But his hair caught in those branches and he was suspended between heaven and earth and he couldn't get himself free amen and the armor bearer of one of the men he gave he said go kill him now remember he's david's son but he was against his father he was rebellious and a guy went and thrust him through and killed absalom word had to be sent to david who was in jerusalem they made him stay he said, you stay in, we, we can't, you're, you're worth more than 10,000 of us. And so we want you to, so David agreed and he was in Jerusalem. So in those days they would send messengers or runners and they would run and they would with the message, amen. And so a runner was sent to give an update on the progress of the battle. It's amazing if you read that story, I won't take time to do it. But David, if you're a father and you have a son, I mean, I, I can weep reading that story 
Amen. You know, David, his number one concern was, is the young man Absalom well? Even though it was his enemy. He was trying to kill and destroy. And, you know, David, the runners that came, that's what he asked. How's the young man Absalom? I want to know if he's still alive. And these runners were coming to tell him that his son Absalom was not alive. Amen. But Joab sent a Cushite. That's an Ethiopian, by the way. Ethiopians, you ever watch any of the, the, the races and, and watch any People just run all they want. That Ethiopian, man, he'll just run on by them. <laughs> you notice that? Amen. But that's what a Cushite was. He said, go tell the king what you have seen. Sounded like a witness, don't it? What you've seen. And the Cushite bowed to Joab and he ran. But there was another guy, I can't remember his name right now, who begged Joab to let him run. Oh, I want to run. Joab told him, he said, you, you don't have the information. You, you really don't have this all. So why do you, but the guy kept begging him in verse 23, but he said, let me run anyhow. So Joab said to him, run. Here's his name, Ahimaaz, A-H-I-M-A-A-Z. That's pretty close. He said, Ahimaaz ran by the way of the plain and outran the Cushite. He took a shortcut. That's what he did. And all my blasting and condemning, and that's not what I'm trying to do, but in telling the truth, I think this world is taking a shortcut. I got a little point here that probably I could put together something that would be worth listening to. But I think it, the, the story went on to say, and I'm going to give you my point here in closing. The guy did the shortcut and he got to the king first. And he was, he, he, you know, they saw him running. He said, I see a runner coming on the wall. And the king got ready for him. Amen. And when he got there, what, what, what tell me the news? He said, well, I just saw a lot of smoke and I saw a lot. Of, but, you know, I, I, you know I, I really, he didn't have the message. And the king said, you stand aside. And the guy on the wall said, I see another runner coming. Looks like that Cushite's coming. Why is it that the Methodists always get there first? Think about it. I'm not being critical. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to look down my nose at anybody. Amen. I still think it's the grace of God that the Holy Ghost is outpoured on us. We speak with tongues, with liberty. Amen. We're, you know, we're told that that's the evidence according to the scripture that you do have the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's one of the signs that follows. Amen. Why is it that the Baptists outgrow us? They build bigger buildings. They have, you know, we're, we're trying to raise money and thinking about it and, and, and in the process of building that, whatever we're going to build. Listen, we don't trust this world's public schools. I'm sorry. Somebody just told me the other day, and my kids are coming. I just, I, I'm, I'm just so frustrated about it. You know, I, when, when they start teaching sex education in the school, it's not that they're on the teaching. It's not, listen to me. It's not that they're just teaching that sexual, homosexuality exists. It's almost like, and not almost, in some cases, they just promote it. We know that there's gay people around. We know people that are messed up, amen, and God doesn't like it, and he didn't change his mind as far as I can tell. Now, we don't need some worldly preacher or, some, or teacher teaching our little kids that that's the thing to do. 
The Bible says, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and I will receive you unto myself. Listen, I hope all of them go to heaven. I hope every teacher, every, you know, everybody and every denominator, I hope they're all saved. I hope I'm wrong here. But all we have to go by is the good word of the Lord. And so my soul, apparently it's worth quite a bit to God. For me to just kind of drift along and listen to somebody, amen, just say, oh, it's okay, you don't have to be baptized, or oh, it's okay, you don't have to do this, or you know, you're going a little too far, you're off the, listen, it's my soul at stake here, and it's my neighbor's soul, amen, it's the folks in Reisterstown, and Owings Mills, and Eldersburg, and Westminster, and Hampstead, Manchester. For me just to drag around and just play church, I don't think so. But it seems like the world always gets there first. But hold on. There's another runner coming. I see him coming. And the king needed word. And when he got there, he had the truth. This is what I saw. And that's what this world deep down, even in the midst of all of the tradition that they're in, that they call truth. They need somebody to proclaim the truth. Hallelujah. I'm, listen, we talked about it the other night. Maybe it was prayer on Thursday night. Listen, I can't remember what it was. There was cases in the Bible. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do this and, and I'll be done. Moses had something supernatural took place in his life. The bush caught fire and God began to talk to him out of that bush. Moses, take off your shoe. This is not, this is not normal. This is just not the regular trend and the flow of things. Take off your shoes and then God began to command him to go tell Pharaoh to set my people free. Amen. It took a while to get Moses convinced. And then we talked about Saul of Tarshish breathing out threatenings on the road to Damascus, a religious man. The power of God smote him off of that beast down into dirt. Amen. And God spoke to him after he called out. He said, who art thou, Lord? He knew it was God. And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. Amen. The next question, this is like a Holy Ghost person. Amen. Somebody that really got a conviction. The next question was, amen, what would you have me to do? My point simply is this. Something powerful took place in those men's lives. Something supernatural took place. It was more than accepting Christ as your personal Savior. And I'm not knocking that. That's wonderful. That's good if that's what you want to do. When I prayed through the Holy Ghost, I kind of went out of it and talked in tongues. They said for over an hour. Somebody said, why'd that happen? I said, God knew how deep in sin I was, how hard-headed I was, how much, I, how much convincing I needed. And so I couldn't shake it. So what I'm, I'm saying is I'm not bragging on myself. I'm just simply saying, listen, when we pray, I want us to expect something supernatural to take place in the lives of people who come to God. If God did it for Moses and God did it for Paul, if God did it for me, Listen, God gonna give us what we ask for. You want a, just a smooth little revival and you want two or three goosebumps and, and then we just, the rest of it's, oh yeah, okay, I'm okay. No, 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 no. God, I want you to move among us in such a way, amen, that we can't get rid of it. We can't shake it.
I know you're God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know what kind of experience Job had. Amen. But all those tests and all those trials and stuff taken away from him, even his family and all of his riches, and then physically he was attacked by the enemy. Amen. In the middle of all of that, and this is, a, this is what we need, folks. In the middle of all of that, Job said, I know that my Redeemer lives. Now, you know, it's people getting their feelings hurt. It's people getting miffed about this. Well, I'm gonna, gonna, they don't do that right. You know, listen, when God gets a hold of you just right, oh, and I am praying for you. <laughs> it's gonna get you above preacher religion. It's gonna get you past your certain special song that you like. I talked about my brother-in-law. He was so well-versed in the scripture. Married my little sister. So well-versed that he had it all figured out how he was gonna come down. He believed in the Holy Ghost, how he was gonna come down to the altar and he was gonna stand a certain way and it was all gonna come. I'm gonna tell you something. God is not gonna play second fiddle to anybody. He's God. He's on the throne. He's all power in heaven and in earth. And if you think you're gonna dictate God and make him your spiritual bellboy, you got another thought coming. Amen. My brother-in-law had it all figured out. But guess what? You know the story. It didn't work that way. And that's how folks are. We want like maybe three goosebumps. But we don't want God to disturb what I believe and how I, I'm comfortable in the way I am. And don't mess with me. Let me tell you what God will do. God will mess with you. He will challenge you. He will confront you. Amen. He'll put conviction on, not condemnation. That's different. Now, I didn't say condemnation, but he will put conviction on you. And you won't be able to sleep till you start working on getting rid of some things and changing your lifestyle. Amen. Because we got to be witnesses to our neighbors and our friends and our families. Hallelujah. Glory. What's the name of that? Oh, hallelujah. Oh, listen. Here's what we're trying to do, y'all. We're trying to get you out of this place to a better place. And so I'm just gonna, I hope I didn't hurt anybody's feelings. And Amen. This is, this is, it's just the truth. Somebody said, no, it's the truth. It's how you look at truth. Or maybe it is some of it. Hallelujah. But I'll be happy to talk to you. Amen. Pray with you. This Holy Ghost is real. I like to feel like I'm being led by this Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit right now. And he's reaching for you. We got changes to make. We got to be uncomfortable sometimes. Why? Because there's a lost world. They're on a dead end street going 100 miles an hour. And we've got to get them. Hallelujah. What's, it, what's a soul worth? Think about it. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. We love your people. We love you. Thank you, Lord, for touching us today, blessing us, God. Amen. Lord, we're just simply expecting great things to take place. Amen. In this church and in your wonderful people. Thank you, Lord, for that miracle power. Let it happen in our spirits, in our hearts. Amen. And create a revival in our neighborhoods, God. In our families, God. In the name of Jesus and in this church. Jesus. Hallelujah. Continue to lead us. Continue to bless us. And we're careful to give you praise 
give you honor in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Why don't we put our hands together one more time. Give him praise. Hallelujah. Glory Jesus. Don't forget Wednesday night. I hope I see every one of you bring the food, like Chad said, and a little extra. And uh, let's have a great time together. I'd like to sit down with you, fellowship with you. Amen. I trust that you got something that you can take home with you from here. Amen. So see you Wednesday night. God bless you. Dismissed in Jesus' name. Shake hands. Make sure you find a guest, Christian Revival Center. Somebody that's a guest, shake their hand. Amen. Make them welcome.